While we believe the information in this broadcast is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decisions. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration is not an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not mean that the advisor has attained a specific level of skill or ability. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker-dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a quarterly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation. Welcome to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, listen in to successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts, Rick Durkee, Eric Cox, and Leslie Haywood. And a great Saturday morning to you, Lowcountry. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 94.3 WSC, every Saturday morning at 8.30. Thanks for getting up and tuning the dial to listen to this wonderful show about entrepreneurship here in the Lowcountry. I'm one of your hosts, as usual, Eric Cox, with the lovely and wonderful Rick Durkee. <laughs> and, of course, Leslie Haywood. Is, is that all you there. got for me? I'm sorry, I'm Bubbles. I'm stripey today, right? Bubbles and lunch. Bubbles and roller coasters, just bubbles. But uh, welcome to the show. Another great Saturday uh, ahead of us. We're excited for our guest today. Uh, but before we dive in today, let's reflect on last week's or last two weeks of shows that we had. So we had uh, Jim Wasson, um, who is uh, one of our... Uh, local um, business developers here in the Charleston Marketplace. He works at the SBDC, and he actually introduced us to a success story with the SBDC that ends up uh, being an opportunity for us to bring on another great guest here locally here, Barry Hand, that will join us here shortly, um, that has a success story that he was um, uh, helped with the SBDC. And, Leslie, let's uh, reflect back on uh, Jim's uh, a couple of shows. Any thoughts or takeaways? That well, it's funny. Like most of the stories, there's many of our guests that are so inspirational and their true talent winds up being something that they didn't realize that they, well, they realized that they had, but started out going down a different path. And with him, he had such a, um, a, a knack for electronics and he found his passion. And uh, once he found his passion, the success in school and the corporate world and the entrepreneurial world just started happening. Um, and it's hard to find purpose without passion. So I thought that that was really interesting. There's actually a quote, purpose without passion. I was going to uh, mention, too, he sort of gave the uh, three or four keys uh, for any entrepreneur that was listening uh, that you could take away. And he said, number one, if you have a business idea, remember to always test your hypothesis first. Bootstrap before you go out for outside funding. Uh, keep your day job. Thought that was pretty good advice. And then make sure that uh, when you do make the eventual jump, you have one year of income to pay your bills set aside before you make that jump. And so what great advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. Uh, also, uh, Susan, our office, mentioned uh, the book that he had uh, recommended, the Entrepreneur Equation by Carol Roth. So that might be something you want to run out and grab if you're in entrepreneurship, looking to get into entrepreneurship, or just struggling with entrepreneurship. Yeah, and it's always pretty cool when we bring on a guest and they're 
responsible for developing a patent for something. Today's guest is going to be very unique in that uh, situation, too. But Jim developed that uh, GPS system for golf courses. And I thought that was real neat because yeah. I've used that before. I could have used it really uh, the other day. It would have helped a lot. <laughs> Find my ball in the water, in the woods. But uh, nevertheless, what a great invention. Mm-hmm. And and uh, just in case, Leslie, um, there's somebody out here this morning that didn't get to hear our show over the last couple of weeks. Uh, where can they find us? Yes, you can always find us after Saturday morning on our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, or on Twitter, BTBCHS. Hashtag BTBCHS and podcasts. Where can they go to go see? Go to Coastal WM. That's CoastalWM.com. You'll see radio. Hit that icon. And there's actually not just Jim's show, but we have the last 20 or so shows on there. And uh, Barry here in a few weeks will add yours to it. So Barry Hand, thanks for being here in the studio with us this morning. Well, thank you for having me. We're excited to have you. We're looking forward to diving in to hear uh, a lot about uh, your life. Uh, before we go to the backdrop of your life, if you don't mind, uh, give us a little insight. And by the way, I haven't said this. Barry Hand is the CEO and co-founder of Extremity 3D, as well as the president and founder of Reify. And so give us a quick you know, 20-second commercial on each one of those, uh, just so our listeners know who we're talking to this morning. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, Reify, um, being the, the first company that I started, um, I started that as an engineering contracting company. Um, when I <clears throat> left corporate world, I left uh, Berktold um, about five years ago and started working on my own as an engineer. Um, and in the process of, of, of you know, um, working for different clients, I ended up, you know, taking my background with um, engineering product design uh, using computer-aided design um, techniques and experience project management. Um, so I work for, um, you know, multi-million dollar companies or individuals. Um, you know, I, I work for a lot of uh, local inventors. Um, so, you know, I've done design work. I've done just, you know, project management advice. Um, so I can help, you know, entrepreneurs. I work with the, the Harbor Entrepreneur Center and, you know, Charleston Digital Corridor as an expert. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, in the course of, of working with some of my clients um, through, over the over the last few years, I was approached about um, some ideas um, using 3D printing for medical devices that are, you know, one-off um, patient-specific medical devices. Um, and in in researching that, I realized, you know, the the value or the the need, if you will, for uh, prosthetic devices that can be 3D printed. Well, I know when I read, uh, we empower amputees through innovation. Right. Uh, we were going to have one heck of a show ahead of us. I know. So I know. To I'm excited, too. That's awesome. But before we go into all that, which is going to be really exciting, we like to get to know the person behind the business. So the kind of our tagline is that people you know, stories you don't. Mm-hmm. So this is where we kind of get into your background and what makes you tick. Um, where where did you grow up? Tell us about early life. Okay. Um, so my father was uh, in the military. He was an Air Force um, navigator, just like Jim, actually. I didn't. I learned that when I listened to the story last time. Um, <laughs> See, these see, things. That, that, that's that's exa- why we do the show. That is yeah. why we do the People show. You know, stories you don't. Yes. That's right. Awesome. That's right. Um, and so I was born in Tacoma, Washington. Um, and my, my father, you know, moved around the United States, you know, Alabama, Tacoma, Texas. We landed in San Bernardino. Um, and it, at... Uh, uh, Norton Air Force Base. Um, so we were there for, for 10 years, um, elementary school, you know, all of that. Um, loved living in California. Used to go camping and hiking around the mountains there when there was no one living in San Bernardino. 
at the time, which is crazy now. Um, so we um, moved to Charleston in 1971, um, and then he, uh, as as a navigator, um, and that's where I, I went to Lambs Elementary School, right down on Dorchester Road, um, which was you know associated with the Air Force Base. Um, when I left there, uh, I was I went to Bonds Wilson High School. <clears throat> which may, many people may know now is the campus where Academic Magnet and School of the Arts is. Um, and that school was, it, they had something called a f- sub-freshman. You started school there in the eighth grade um, as, a, as a high school student. And so um, we were integrated. We, they, they used the Air Force children uh, to integrate um, colored schools back then, um, which is, you know, black schools. Um, and so the stall... Stahl High School was integrated by the Navy children, uh, which was, you know, in Menriv and some of those other um, uni- uh, communities. Um, so we, you know, were, were thrown into this into this melting pot. Um, and it was uh, quite an interesting and, and uh, exciting time. Um, and, you know, I really took what I took from that was. Um, not only, you know, I, I had great teachers and, you know, turned a love of history, chemistry, biology, you know, kind of really the beginning of my desire to go into engineering would be, you know, through the sciences that I took in, at, at Bonds Wilson High School. But I also learned, you know, the real value of, of being involved in networking and becoming friends with a wide diversity of minds and backgrounds, you know, from people. And I always, you know, never really forgot that, you know, kind of moving forward. It was a, it was a social experiment, but I think it was an incredible experiment, and the outcome was you know pretty main uh, pretty amazing. Rick sounds a lot like your childhood, right? A lot of uh, studious, experimental engineering, science. Yeah, that's true. But I got to say this, uh, Eric, um, where I grew up, um, there was very little integration. I mean, actually, uh, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, most of the time, you know, we might have had one or two black children in in the mm. high schools and um usually they were um children of the green bay packers so uh you know i'm sure this taught you a lot barry about you know growing up in childhood and whatnot can you share with us what um, some of those experiences taught you um that you carry forward today in your life yeah um <clears throat> so you know being an air force kid moving around a lot you know we had to learn um you know, how to make friends and how to say goodbye, you know. So, um, you know, being in the moment was, was kind of a, a necessity if you were going to have any life at all. Um, and I, I really, you know, have to, to attribute my mom, you know, she was the one at home. My dad was traveling all the time, and she really helped us to to do to make those transitions successfully and happily. Um, so, you know, we um, were involved in my brother and I. I have a, an older brother. Um, we were both involved in Boy Scouts, so that was kind of a common thread from place to place that we would go to, um, you know. And, and Boy Scouts really, you know, is 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 amazing. You know, it really instills values um, in in you. You know, you, you good conduct, respect for others, honesty. Um, you know, of course the, you know the the trustworthy, loyal, helpful, brave, courteous, kind, obedient, and all of you know those those values that they're just instilled in you. You have to say them at every meeting. Um, working hard, you know, was, was something that they also, you know, gave you, um, you know, but, but working, you know, going, going to a school like Bonds Wilson, um, you know, was, was not unlike the air force, 
you know, it was, it was kind of a, a, a familiar setting for us because we were always meeting different people and from different backgrounds. Um, but it was it was more challenging. I mean, it was a it was a racially um, energized time in the United States. Um, and so we did have challenges, but we overcame them. You know, we all came together, you know, and, and became um, you know, really good friends and, you know, people that I, I met there are still very good friends with me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Barry, um, you know, we, we debate sort of this or not debate, but we talk about, you know, we have guests that come on the show and some of them from a very early age, like Jim last week, it was in his blood. He basically knew what he was going to do the rest of his life. And mm-hmm. there's others who didn't figure it out to much, much later. It sounds like this was part of your nature coming through from a young age that you were involved in engineering, sciences, the way your brain worked. Did you have an idea as a youngster, kind of what direction you wanted to go? Well, I guess like most kids, I want to be a fireman, you know, as a kid. I thought that was awesome. But it's because they got to drive these amazing trucks and, you know, work with things. You know, my my grandfather was a um, was a master mechanic in the Navy. And so he worked on ships and and uh, mostly ships, um, you know, um, moving from Michigan down to San Diego during World War Two. Um, but he, you know, uh, really instilled in my father and, and uncle and therefore through to my brother and cousins and I um, just the value of hard work. You know, you did things on your own. You you tried to figure out how to fix something before you asked for help. You know, and that that was a, a value that I, I, I still have today. You know, you learn to do it the hard way, then you learn the easy way, um, because you don't understand the value that, and why the easy way is so good. You know, why it was so much better. Experience can be always the best teacher, can't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, being around, you know, engines and rebuilding cars and and you know motors and just you know fixing a toaster or whatever you had to do, you know, just. That was in my blood all the time. I was always doing those kinds of things. We had to do it. We didn't have a ton of money. You know, my dad needed something fixed for my mom, and I'd help, help out, figure it out. Right. Know? And so this was in, in high school, it sounds like. That's when you started really figuring this out. Now, what what did you want to go to college for? And, or was college even, you know, some people, college isn't even in their in their scope. Yeah, well, my brother and I were, my, my father was the first person in our entire family that, you know, went to college. Um well, except for my, on my mom's side, my, my grandfather was an architect. Um, but on my on my dad's side, he, he went to college through ROTC, and then my brother and I um, continued on. Um, I thought I wanted to be, you know, pre-med biology uh, when I went to the College of Charleston for the first time. Um, but I realized um, after a while that, um, that you know, I, I, what I really enjoyed was learning how things work. You know, and the, the, how does the body work? How does the, you know, all of that? So instead of really having the passion to to fix, you know, to to help people in that way, I saw that I could learn to make make things and and be you know develop products potentially you know be involved in what it what the people use to help other people become better. So um, in in college, I. I transferred, you know, I transferred from the College of Charleston to University of South Carolina after three years. I went through, um, you know, from biology to physics um, with that passion for learning how things worked. Um, but then physics was the application of engineer of application of uh, engineering is the application of physics. Excuse me. 
Um, and so um, University of South Carolina mechanical engineering degree, you know, that I got a few years later. Um, and my senior project uh, at University of South Carolina was actually building a, a, a wheelchair retraction device that put, pulled a wheelchair into the back of, of this guy's car. It was, you know, a handicapped person that needed some help with that. He didn't have anybody in his family that could help him move around. He could drive, but he couldn't get in the wheelchair out. in and out, you know, so that was the first thing we did. Um, and that really stuck with me. That kind of like, you know, I realized how much I, how good that made me feel to help somebody with coming up with ideas, you know, it was just our ideas and, you know, and, and banging stuff together and came up with a mechanism that helped this guy. And by the way, in case you just jumped in your car or tuned on the radio, you're listening to the voice of Mr. Barry Hand, who is the CEO and co-founder of Extremity 3D, as well as the president and founder of Reify. And I uh, love that tagline again, we empower amputees through innovation. And uh, Barry, as you're going through this experience in college, obviously very gifted in this this mindset of engineering and figuring out problems for others, was the seed of entrepreneurship coming to fruition at all at that time? Or was this just a trade that you were going to go do that for others um, and work in the corporate side of things. What was the vision at that point? The, the vision was getting a job. Okay. You know? Like most um, college yeah. graduates, right? Yeah. And it, it's interesting because, um, <clears throat> it, you know, I was, I was tempted as a, as a graduate um, to go for the money. You know, I mean, in engineering, I had the opportunity of making good money. Um, so uh, when I graduated, my first job was uh, working, in, working for an oil company. Um, Slumberjay out in Texas. Um, and awesome money, really good bonuses, you know. Um, but it turns out that that was um, not necessarily the best decision for me. I realized pretty quickly after about a year of, of working like a slave to, with them. I mean, they, they those companies are, are, are brutal. You know, you, have, you work long hours. Um, and they, they pay you well for it, but that's all you're doing is you're just working for money. Mm-hmm. And I realized I didn't want that for the rest of my life. I wanted to have purpose. So, um, after about a year and a half, I decided that I needed to start over and find another way. Um, so I left and, uh, came back home and, uh, started looking for a new, I mean, I just left cause it was that uncomfortable. Um, came home, started looking for another job, um, ended up working at ITT Coniflo up in um, St. George. Um, <clears throat> and that's where I that's where I really started learning engineering. You know, you learn the principles in school, but you don't really learn what an engineer does um, and how to do it until you get some experience in the field. And so I, you know, I was running, I was working in a machine shop. I was, I was learning all the tools of the trade, you know, I was welding, I was machining, I was milling, I was, um, you know, understanding, you know, doing research on materials. I was just doing all those basic things that engineers learn to do. All mechanical in nature. Huh? All mechanical. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with, with everything mechanical, almost every device that is mechanical is controlled by electronics, you know, so there is a little bit of that. Um, even our bodies for that sake, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, but at, at Coniflow at ITT, um, my boss, Chris Thompson was an amazingly innovative thinker. He was kind of way out there. And at the same time, um, you know, aging myself, but computers were new. 
Yeah, you graduated in the 80s from Carolina for, for your BS. That's right. And I remember my first job graduating in 81. I was trying to get on with uh, retail computers because the Apple had just come out. You know, the personal laptop, or not personal laptop, personal computer had just come right. out. So uh, it was a great it was a great opportunity for us to look at at that time. It really was. I mean, it, you know, they didn't have the first programming class at Carolina until my senior year, which I took. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, I mean, it was just basic, you know, programming. You used a mainframe, you know, kids these days probably don't even know what that means. Um, so back to Chris, my, you know, he he was really innovative. So I was learning how to do some rudimentary, you know, really early on three-dimensional modeling um, in, in computers. And he um, was also um, interested in this new thing called 3D printing. And so he actually, you know, allowed us to purchase, you know, using the models that we built in this CAD program to purchase uh, some prototypes using 3D printing. And it was some of the early stuff that was like actually bought it from Chuck Hull of 3D systems. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, are you still satisfied with working for someone else? It sounds like you had a great boss and you were doing fine in the corporate world, but in the back of your mind, did you think maybe this is something I want to do? Uh, Not yet. Not yet. I'm Haven't still, gotten there yet. I'm still a good employee. Still a good employee. Yeah, All I'm, right. I'm still learning, still really enjoying what I'm doing. But what, what started happening was I, I started realizing um, how how much fun I was having designing things, you know, so I was designing things for, for Conaflow, but I started thinking about my own things. Um, and so I started coming up with ideas. Like one of my, my first inventions was a, it was a Christmas tree ornament that would tell you when your, when your tree water was empty. And so you needed to fill it back up again. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine and I decided to, uh, you know, try to market it, you know, so we, you know, we bankrolled a, you know, a couple of hundred dollars to buy the, the circuits from, I had a friend design the circuit and then we, you know, went to China and bought them and, and we, you know, hand cut all of the individual, you know, the, the package that it was in and we put it together and took them to Christmas tree farms and sold. What did you call them? I love, I love what did you, what were they called? Oh God, you would ask me that. <laughs> uh, I'm all about branding and marketing. Yeah. I can just, I'm just like, you know, the water tree ornament. saver, tree saver, tree, tree saver. saver. Yeah. Awesome. So that, that really didn't go very far. We didn't know anything about marketing or doing it, you know, getting it out there, you know, and about two years later, we saw it in a catalog. Some Chinese company had stolen it and taken it, you know, um, but you know, that was disappointing, but a lesson learned. Right. Um, so yeah, he kept doing little things like that. I've got a, a file cabinet full of ideas where I was just generating ideas and coming up with prototypes and playing with them and setting them aside. I realized pretty quickly that that is a talent I did not have was getting the idea out and, and getting it sold in marketing. And, um, you know, leverage, beginning to, to learn the value and leveraging your networks and leveraging your friendships, you know, something I learned pretty strongly in college as well. You know, I had a, I had a, a, a big group of, of guys and we were, you know, in, in engineering and everybody was good at a different class. So we all came together and helped each other, you know, and, um, you know, that that's kind of how we made it through some of the classes that were difficult because somebody else helped us. So, Bear, you went on to spend, it looks like, another nine or so years with Hillrom, 
then you spent a couple of years at PGS. You spent uh, 12 years working for, uh, is it Berktold? Is that right? Berktold, yes. Corporation. So you spent a long time uh, working with and for companies uh, to eventually landing at this spot of saying, you know what? It's my time to go run my own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we're winding down our time, but um, and we hit on this in the in the second show for next week. But give us some of that thought that was leading up to the moments of saying, you know what, it's time to switch gears after what twenty some years mm-hmm. in uh, corporate America. Sure. So I was, <clears throat> I was, you know, doing my own thing. But I, you know, when when you start moving up in a company, you start getting involved in the business. You know, as as a manager, you know, or, or you know, as, you know, working at the executive level, you start to understand more about how you're working with marketing people. Um, you're working with, um, you know, uh, product you know, product managers and and how how they start structuring. So you start understanding how the business is structured and start having your own opinions about. Well, I don't know that I would do it that way, um, and so. You know, I, I, I took, um, you know, some I, I started working with giving advice to companies, you know, on the side. You know, this they, they would say, well, you know, you've got experience. Um, and so I would do that. And that's kind of what led me to, you know, one day when things were obvious, I didn't want to continue in this fashion anymore. I realized I could do it myself. And I'll tell you, that's the moment. That I love in entrepreneurship. And so when we come back for next week's show, if you don't mind, I want to go back to that moment and really dive in and talk a little bit about some of that emotion and, and feeling that you were going through when you made that decision after being in corporate America for such a long time. Right. Well, I think that that's, yeah, I think that's an awesome show. Great place to pick up. Make sure and follow us at our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, and on Twitter, BTBCHS. Um, where does the time go? And Barry, uh, we want to make sure that we uh, talk about the Business Development Center that we have as a resource here, the uh, Small Business Development Center, Jim Wasson, and uh, that um, the opportunity that he gave you to take your ideas and really get them, get them moving. So looking forward to that. Another great show. We'll look forward to seeing you or having you guys, because we won't see you here on the radio, but having you guys listen to us next Saturday morning at 830 on WSC 94.3. Uh, you've been listening to Beyond the Business. Uh, and today's uh, guest, Mr. Barry Han, CEO and co-founder of Extremity 3D. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Join the Christian business movement. Visit sc-c3.org. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. If you're a successful business leader or entrepreneur and would like to be featured on a future program, send an email to rick at cfpgroup.biz. Listen in next Saturday morning at 830 for Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. You've invested countless hours and dollars building your business, and now your investment in your business has paid off. But did you know that according to Business News Daily that more than 60% of small business owners planning to leave their business in the next 10 years don't have an exit strategy? Hi, it's Rick Durkee of the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Let me ask you, have you planned your personal financial future wellness as well as that of your business? Have you established a succession plan for your business? Have you developed a plan for your perpetual legacy? 
Join me for a free discovery workshop to develop the best strategy for your business. BEST Business Exit Strategy Timetable. Call now and I'll send you an invitation by email to learn how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. Call 843-735-5065. That's 843-735-5065 for this free discovery workshop on how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. 843-735-5065.